Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Nicole calling from Hamilton, and I needed to let everyone know that I really proudly support Vish and creative control. I have for many years. I will for many more, as long as he keeps delivering these amazing interview podcasts. When you hear one of Vish's interviews, you think he's known this guest for years. They're good friends. Uh, But the truth is, he approaches every interview, whether it's sort of up and coming indie artists or established icons or like famous, intimidating comedians with Uh, a really deep, genuine curiosity, so he's never met this person, and the same really warm uh, candor, as though he's known them forever. I think it really lends to a great chat, no matter who he's talking to, and for that reason, I think you should throw Vish, like, what, a dollar a month? He's got jokes. The jokes make it worth it. Support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little bit. is one of the best and most explosive rock bands in the whole wide world and they remain headquartered in Toronto, Ontario. Comprised of singer-guitarist Alex Edkins, bassist-singer Chris Slorak, and drummer Hayden Menzies, Metz has released four wondrous albums and countless singles over the past decade that blend noise and post-hardcore thunder with power-pop dynamics for a distinctively challenging yet accessible sound. Their latest album is called Atlas Vending. It's out October 9th, 2020 via Sub Pop Worldwide and Royal Mountain in Canada. 
And I recently used the internet to connect with all three members of the band for a conversation about life during the COVID-19 pandemic in Toronto. The clarity and confidence on display on their new album, Hayden's Hand Tattoos, and Love of the Band Hoover, Future Plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control and Massey Hall's concert film series live at masseyhall.com where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past podcast guests like Chad Van Galen, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is the 570th episode of Creative Control, featuring Alex, Chris, and Hayden of Mets, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hey, Mats, how's it going? Hello. Hi there. There's only one of you. Hey, Hayden, how you doing? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Nice to how see you? you. Nice to see you, Hayden and, 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 and Chris and Alex. It's nice to see you all. Hayden, let's start with you, you since you, you jumped forth there. Where in the world are you today? I'm at my dwelling in, in Toronto. Oh, how are things in Toronto today? I haven't left the house yet, so I'm inside. It seems to be fine. It's a little, uh, <laughs> a little humid. But uh, for, the most, for the most part, uh, it's it's pretty comfortable. Getting into the interior of Toronto, what it's like indoors. That is, uh, that's nice to hear. No one ever gives indoor weather reports. I wish they would. I'd like to know what the climate is like inside our dwellings. Are you doing okay in the midst of our pandemic and social unrest? How are things going for you generally, Hayden? I would say, putting things into perspective, I'm I'm lucky enough to not feel terribly disrupted on some days but there's obviously a a range of emotions that go you know from good to bad uh since the all of this started there's quite a bit of uh of mental navigating to do and and um but i know i mean you know our little bubble here is is fine but i'm well aware that outside of this is a lot of anxiety and stress and fear and suffering outside of that but if i can when I selfishly sometimes I compartmentalize to just what's going on in in this humid dwelling that I've described, and it's it seems fine. So I'm I'm you know if it seems too much to absorb, then I just sort of focus on that. So overall, I'm doing all right. Okay, well that's good. It's good to hear. I appreciate your perspective on those things. You almost described a Mets record there with all of those <laughs> dark themes. I thought. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's good to see you, uh, Chris. Likewise, Chris. How you doing? Hi, there? I'm doing good. My cat won't leave me alone, but I'm good. I can see your cat on this video interface we're using. What's your cat's name? His name is Warren, and he's super annoying. Leave me alone. I love cats. I wish I had. I miss my cat uh, the most. Of I, I have decided that since my cat passed away on October 9th, 2014, I have not been happy. I've not been perfectly happy. And, and that is just a thing about me that I need to work out. So you should value Warren. You say he's annoying, but he looks adorable. 
Who would not like? Look at he's pawing at you, trying to shake your hand. What a great cat! You don't like Warren? You're shaking your head. All right. How are things going for you in uh, Toronto? In, I assume you're in Toronto. Yes, I'm still in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. How are things going there for you? I mean, I think we're all sort of in the same. Well, I mean, I'm in the same boat as Hayden, but I've been out since like seven o'clock this morning. Uh, I had a second <laughs> child, so I've been very busy up here. But things are going in the grand scheme of things quite well. Congratulations on your second child. That was you didn't give birth. Uh, first of all, you didn't give birth. We know that. That's how biology works. But let me just say this: Did you have the child during the pandemic, or was it prior to the pandemic? In right in the middle of it in May. Oh my goodness! So just it had hit, and it was like kind of getting extreme, and then a baby arrived. But it's kind of perfect because you're stuck at home, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I've talked to some particularly touring musicians who say, you know what? Flip side. Hanging out with my family, and I never get to do yeah. that. I'm usually gone. So you're doing all right. All right, that's good. That's yeah. good. Good, good for you. Alex, are you there? I am. <laughs> how are you doing? You look uh, you look a little forlorn, thinking about how to answer this question about the state of affairs. That's right. You know, I am trying to be optimistic and look at things like you said. Uh, we would have been gone all August, you know, in Europe. We had a bunch of festivals booked, and instead I've been able to stay home with my family and really try to soak that up and see the bright side of that situation. So um, it's been really great in that way. And, uh, yeah, I can't really complain, you know. We're healthy and uh, we're hanging in. Yeah. That's my perspective too. We're healthy in our in our case. My wife and I are working our day jobs from home. Our kids are. Uh, we did a thing as we're speaking. School has just started. I forget. You are mm-hmm. all. Are you all parents right now? Guess guess which one isn't a parent? Right, Hayden. Hayden, you're not a parent at yeah. the moment, right? Because your dwelling is too the, humid. The yeah, guy who hasn't left his house <laughs> is the, is the non parent. <laughs> right. So you don't have school age children though. You guys are younger dads, I believe. Yes. Or or yeah, three and a half. The, or the oldest. Oh, or so the oldest. like daycare time. You're getting into daycare time there. Potentially. Kindergarten. Junior kindergarten. Yeah, okay. So you. Yeah. Got, so we uh, have kept our children at home for virtual learning, and it's quite a challenge. Uh, and so that is part of the challenge. All this time at home, stuck at home, you got to really, uh, really adore the people you're staying with. And some days you do. Uh, some days you don't. Some days you wish you could all get the hell out. I mean... Have you found this, Alex? Like, are you like getting a little stir crazy? I've, oh, for sure. Uh, I think he's now back at school. But when he, when uh, my son was home, uh, my wife was working full time from home, and uh, you know, I guess it was sort of my turn to try to be a teacher of some sort, try to keep things fun and uh, you know, educational when possible, and I have a absolutely you know brand new appreciation for teachers and uh daycare workers it's they're doing incredible work and their skills and patience and everything is like something i never really i don't think i understood fully until tasked with it you know uh in that in that kind of way so yeah um much love and respect to people who do that every single day and take care and educate our kids. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Chris, a similar question. Are you, I mean, like I, like we've been discussing, great to be a, a parent at home on the one hand, on the other, you're like, what the hell? Probably. How are you doing? 
Some days are crushing and then some days are a total joy. It's, uh, I think it actually just depends on how everyone wakes up. Uh, my son's a lot of fun. My daughter doesn't need me at all because she's too young and she is once my wife. So, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Needs. That's a good point. We all wake up different too. I woke up a little weird today. I, I will say, and I hope uh, I hope that's not coming across, guys. Uh, uh, am I okay today? Do I seem okay? I feel <laughs> you're good. You're good. I'm good. Okay. You look good. You sound good. Okay. Just just <laughs> yeah. just checking in. Just checking in on that. There's a song on the new uh, Mets record called No Ceiling. And I, uh, Alex, this might be a question for you. I assume you wrote the lyrics to it, but it does seem to uh, reflect uh, parenthood on some level. That was my take on this. I found a second act. I'll hold it tight. I woke a burning heart in me. I remember feeling these feelings as a new dad. And again, I'm making a giant leap here before asking you what you what you would say that song is about. But since we're talking about <laughs> parenting and being, uh, you know, our children, it, that just spoke to me. Is there anything going on in that song about uh, where, where I'm coming from? Yeah, 100%. That's that's what it's about. Probably the only, like, one of the few, at least, optimistic Mets songs. Um, usually our sound takes me to a different kind of mindset when writing but this this song uh i felt kind of suited a little bit more of a uh different kind of lyrical content and yeah that's where i was at i think it's quite cliche to say but very true that you know your perspective is flipped right upside down when when you have a kid and the things that you once cared about seem very small that's really what that's really what it's about it's about sort of feeling invigorated by the uh world around you maybe for the first time in a long time you know yeah and i uh, you said it's a cliche but it's true i think you said which i think that second part really outweighs the first i mean yes there's certain yeah. conventions and clichés about parenting or 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 just being a human being but they're true they're true and uh mm-hmm. i appreciate that you express that it does feel like uh, in uh, many aspects the word love is conveyed more than a few times uh on this record yeah. so it feels particularly optimistic um i just want to shift this to hayden a little bit because hayden we've been talking a little bit about some stuff we're dealing with with you know our children our families in our orbit i have found in this period of self isolation that i'm uh, a bit more reflective about uh myself and my family and the things that are actually important um, you don't leave the house before 7 a.m. like Chris. Have you taken time in your humid dwelling, which is how I'm going to refer to it for the rest of this conversation, mm-hmm. to actually, uh, have you had a chance to kind of think about yourself and think about your your, your loved ones and, and how you all relate to the world? Yeah, for better and for worse. Um, I think there's been a healthy amount of, of self-reflection on, I mean, especially in the, in the earlier stages when the, it wasn't even an option to kind of go out and everything was closed. And it was, so it was a true lockdown and yeah, it, it's sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it, at least it affords you the space and the headspace to actually confront those things rather than pushing them to the side. Cause you're too busy and you know, other things take priority and yeah, there's been some really uplifting days where you feel like you're turning a corner and taking a step towards providing the best version of yourself to things to come. And then there's other, there are other days that, that feel like quite defeating and deflating where you can't quite come out of that shell. 
I'm not, I'm definitely not referring to anything specific. I just mean in, in very general terms, it can, it can be a bit of a, a head trip. Um, so there's, yeah, there's, there've been some very healthy, progressive, positive days and, and somewhere it, it seems darker than ever. It's funny. It's not funny that you say this, I guess, but it's interesting that you say this because Chris was just talking about, you know, some days you wake up and you're different uh, or each of us are different when we get up and you're talking about stuff oscillating and in a moment where a lot of it has to do with ourselves. So like those head trips you're talking about, they're kind of your own trip, like uh, in some level, Mm -hmm. because we're not really dealing with people external to us that much. Every day is up to us and every day we get up and or you say you have some dark moments and you have some good moments. But have you found it's like, are you learning that it's mostly all about you? Like you control those things on some level, not in a narcissistic way, but I just feel like I'm learning that. Like I can I haven't been I used to go to the doctor or the massage therapist or the acupuncturist like two or three times a month. I had a hypochondriac. I thought I, I haven't gone to anything. I haven't done anything. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I have more control over myself than I thought. Like I'm. I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm a little sore, but I'm fine. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it just fine. So have you found that that self, like when you kind of think about how you're self-reliant a little more these days, do you feel like, wait a minute, like I have autonomy over myself and my life. I don't need all these other people to help me and do stuff. Have you found that? Uh, yes, but I'll also say that that it makes you that much more grateful for the people that you do have in your life that that encourage you and support you to bring that best version of yourself up to the plate when it's when it's necessary and i'm not just talking about you know things related to you know a job or things that are demanded of you or required of you it just it uh it makes you reevaluate things at a lot of different levels so those those pretend arguments you have in the shower with yourself (laughs) pretending that you're fighting against someone that said something three months ago that was insignificant you pass them on the street that type of stuff starts to melt away a little bit more. And I agree, you do start to realize how much how much of this is in your head and therefore, to some degree, within your control. Yeah. Um, and so in healthy doses, that's a, that's a big, you know, I can take that as a victory in terms of getting level. But yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's a struggle, but I don't mean that in a completely negative way. Yeah. It's, a, it's a redefining of things. Absolutely. All right. I appreciate that. Um, Chris, kind of similar line of questioning. I feel like the last time we all convened, uh, we talked a little bit about social media and sort of external considerations having a big, maybe too big a role in our gen- in our lives generally. And I feel like Hayden and I were kind of just talking about this, like, you know, external opinions, external considerations kind of pervading our minds and affecting us and maybe ruining our days. Have you sort of learned a little bit more about yourself uh, in terms of how you relate to the world and, you know, how you're received in the world, Chris? I mean, if we're talking about social media, I just try and stay off of it as much as possible. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, and creating opinions based on a bubble that you've created on social media is probably the worst way to take it in. So for me, I'm addicted to the news just like everybody seems to be right now you know there's a there's it's a crazy time to be alive mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know my bubble my bubble of people and my circle of friends is quite small so i think more than anything i've just focused on staying the hell away from social media and uh, other people's opinions and create my own view on how things are going in the world do you feel compelled to share them because that's a big part of social media hey i think a thing 
Or, no. hey, I ate a thing. Here you go. Everyone needs to know about this thing I ate or think. Have you, do you do that? No, not really. I think, uh, I think enough of my life or the things that I do in my life are public. You know, the things that I want to share are already public. Yeah. My private stuff is, is for me. Yeah. yeah. I think the band, the band does allow for us to like, there's certainly more pictures or articles, uh, about us out there than I would ever hope for, you know, I'm not, I know it's part of like, comes with the territory but it certainly seems to fill that void where i'm not very motivated to do much more i think that's like like probably similar to what chris is saying it's just like it's kind of covered hmm. because of all of the promotion we do for the the band and, and that kind of thing so we share a lot in in that aspect we share tons <laughs> but uh, then our our personal lives i think the three of us sort of keep it a little bit closer to the chest yeah, you've often released uh, blurry photographs of yourselves or distorted photographs of yourselves. It does seem, to your point, Alex, like you guys didn't want to be personalities, so to speak. You're a, an entity. Mets is a band. Yes, very much so. Yeah. And yeah, I think it just comes from old-fashioned self-consciousness. Like I, I think those early photos were like, you know, uh, where in some ways I feel quite shy and quite... Um, self-conscious just like probably most people but yeah i don't want to have my my face plastered all over the internet it's like it's like i'd rather not yeah 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 i mean <laughs> yeah. even within your approach to recording your voice is often distorted um if i mm -hmm. i was just quoting lyrics to you from a lyric sheet as much as i was from hearing you sing them if i think i think if i didn't have this sheet i wouldn't have that clarity so that's that's interesting too like you're you're screaming. You're putting stuff out there in a way that yeah. uh, is is kind of pure expression, uh, almost. Yeah, and I think that's kind of changing throughout each each step forward with each new album. I think there is a new sense of confidence and clarity, and not only in um, you know how we treat vocals and things like that, but lyrical content and also just uh you know where it sits in a mix you know like i think we're pumping those things up more it's taking more of a, a front seat to where it used to be sort of buried so yeah i just think that comes with a sense of confidence and and feeling really kind of like where we want to be kind of musically and and uh yeah not as self-conscious we uh my wife and i often talk about how uh when we raise our voices in the house I, I say it. I you know, there's there's some yelling sometimes by the children, by the parents, and I've come to the conclusion. This is not meant to be a profound statement uh, necessarily, but I made the point the other in this pandemic. I feel like we yell when we don't want to be when we feel like we're not being heard. Um, does that mm -hmm. like does that make any sense? Like I feel like I will say to my son, uh, "Please sit down. Don't get up during dinner," and then I have to say some variation of that five or six times before my voice goes up. And then my wife will say, hey, you don't have to yell. And then I'll say, I think it's because I don't think he's listening to me and I don't feel heard, so I yell. And I was thinking about Mets and bands yeah. that I love that yell and scream. And I was like, maybe that's part of it. That's coming from a place where you don't feel heard. Again, I'm not Dr. Phil. Is this too corny? I just feel like you're... you're... I, I, I don't think that's where it's coming from. I, 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 don't, I would never say I don't feel heard. Um, 
I think it's more, for one, growing up listening to punk and hardcore and a very stylistic choice, but also what feels like a very natural way for me to sing. I wouldn't say I have a beautiful voice, but I think I feel more comfortable and like myself when singing uh, over top of distorted guitars and loud drums. And so, like I said before, I think that is changing over time, but you know, really it just comes down to us expressing ourselves honestly and with the way in the way that feels most natural. Yeah, I was only making the distinction between what, what uh, the screaming and the yelling and some of your approaches to singing on this record. And as you mm. say, the way it's mixed, it, it is, to be honest, a little more uh, articulate, not articulate. I can your, your lyrics are a bit more articulated in the mix, I suppose, is what I want to say. Um, like it's yeah. a bit more defined, as you say. I feel like that's, and you say it's confidence. I feel like I will double down and suggest you feel like I'm ready to be heard. I'm not going to hide what I'm saying. I'm going to present it a bit more clearly. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think it also comes from the guys uh, supporting supporting me and also saying, hey, I think that sounds great. Let's not cover it up. You know, there's yeah. that. And there's also working with, with Seth and Ben and having their, you know, uh, aesthetic input as far as this this new record goes. Uh, and, you know, all of us coming to a consensus of where, where as a whole, the thing's going to work the best. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a whole bunch of reasons why, like why why progression continues and why things are sounding the way they're sounding. Yeah. Hayden, would you say that Alex has a beautiful voice? He, he second-guessed himself. What do you think? I, well, I nicknamed him Angel a long time ago, so... That should that should say it all. That has to do yeah, with. Yeah, he's got a great voice. He's got a great. I think it's great. <laughs> do you have any perspective on uh, the evolution of Mets Hayden as it's reflected on this new record, Atlas Vending? Uh, as I said, I mentioned that we convened uh, for the last record, uh, which was overseen by Steve Albini, uh, engineering it, and I, I assume that was, uh, you know, instructive as a recording experience on on in many different ways. Uh, you've. Uh, Alex just alluded to a couple of people you worked with here. Can you elaborate up upon that, Hayden? Like the people you worked with and, and this recording process. Uh, and, and like as I say, just your perspective on how the, how you know, Alex is referring to the fact that he feels the band is, is progressing, changing. Um, I'm curious about your perspective on that as it relates to this record and the making of it. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. I think it was said a while ago about like the, I think this band is revels in sort of being in flux or constant, you know, motion rather than running the risk of being stagnant. So I think I, I don't think that's just lip service. I think we've done a good job of trying to push limits and and trying to to see what we can pull off and and challenge ourselves to whether that's songwriting, whether that's production choices and um, or or lyrics, even though that's not my department. But you know, I, I think as a whole, this record is is a good indicator of all those things sort of, you know, culminating in one, in one place. I think the production choices about the, the clarity or the sort of fidelity of it, even just, I mean, I, I don't think I'm giving away too much, but even when we were listening to masters and, and mixes back, they almost, it was more enjoyable 
to listen back to to make sure that the mix is where we wanted or whatever. It was it was actually easier. It didn't seem like you get this ear fatigue because we had lifted a bit of this gauze in front of some of the instruments where they're a little more upfront. We were not trying to push anything overly hi-fi, make it really slick or anything, but it's just, it's removing some of that, a bit of that webbing in front that is sort of uh, something we would hide behind in some regards. So I, I agree that some of this ties in with the degree of confidence in moving forward and trying to, if you're going to make a change or move forward to try something new, sometimes it's it's scary, but we want to reveal it as its true progression rather than saying, well, we tried that song, but we're going to cover it up with a whole bunch of effects and like not really allow it to shine through. So so working with Ben Greenberg and Seth Manchester at Machines with Magnets in Providence, they were great in helping us achieve achieve that. I think that was we knew we wanted to do something different in terms of sound and even just recording. Like we lived there under one roof for two weeks and just sort of fully immersed ourselves in this and and committed to to this batch of songs, which felt really exciting and had this sort of propulsion behind them. Yeah. Um, so Those yeah. guys had a very clear view of, of how they thought this record should sound as well. Like they were very much like, well, I want it to be big and clear and easy to listen to. And I think, you know, I think we really did succeed with that. Like I remember talking to Ben and him referencing or me or him referencing like the first Rage Against the Machine album <laughs> for, you know, like that doesn't seem like an apt fit, but as far as recordings go, you know, you can, you have that clarity between instruments, you have room ambiance and, and uh, everything. And, uh, and it really, really punches where it needs to. So it was like, those guys were thankfully really on the same page and sort of had this unified view of what they thought a Mets record should sound like in this day and age and uh, it really jived with where our heads were at. Nice. So the word that keeps coming up, I feel, or some variation of the word is clarity. So a little bit of a confirmation from Hayden just now on what you were saying, Alex, about maybe being a little less being mysterious, having your artfulness, but maybe dialing down the enigmatic qualities a little bit. Um with the yeah. with the fuzziness and the distortion and just the saturation of it things yeah. yeah like distortion saturation alone just dialing that back and with the guitar tones just creates yeah in general more space for every instrument to sort of breathe a little and yeah that's one part of it yeah uh just to check in with uh, chris chris do you like what we're talking about yes Okay. It's, yeah, is it I, really, I enjoyed making this record. It's nice to hear everybody reliving it. Yeah, so you, you are someone I know who's a very hands-on person uh, in terms of life. <laughs> You're like me. You like to make sure everything's being done in a way that is, uh, you know, satisfactory to you, fulfills your vision. Was it surprising to hear what these contributors these collaborators were bringing to Mets at this point in your band's trajectory in terms of what they thought you should be going for I don't know if I walk if I would say surprising I think I think we walked in there we had demoed out this record pretty pretty seriously so like the songs were ready to go we made like some minor adjustments in the studio so when we got in there to make it I think we were all on the same page and they were on the same page with us so uh, the work was really fluid from what I remember. 
you know, it's been a little bit of time now since we made it, but I like I have, and I'm not going to say that this has been always my feeling when we're recording records, but I have really fond memories of making this one. It was really fun and uh, like the workflow was really good and the whole situation was really positive. So yeah, I, I think we, we landed with the two people that we needed to land with to make this record you know, and to make it the way that we want to make it. Somebody invoked the notion that you spent two weeks making the record, which suggests to me you came in really prepared uh, with songs. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, were, was there anything on this record that sort of showed itself in the studio as can sometimes happen? Like you came in thinking, eh, it might be, it might, it'll probably be like this. And then you started to actually work and you're like, oh, oh wait a minute, what was that? Let's Let's go in that direction. Are there any things on... Atlas Vending, Chris, that happened sort of by happenstance, so to speak, in the studio? Uh, we went in with more songs than we came out with. So there was a couple songs that just sort of revealed themselves to be not totally ready to go. Ah, the opposite. Guys, do you have anything to... Yeah, yeah, it was sort of more the opposite, I think. I don't but... think... Yeah, I don't think there were many surprises, to be honest. We we really did... We recorded the songs ourselves, like, twice. At and, least. And we're... And we're living with them and sending them to Ben and Seth. And uh, it was really, I guess, in the studio about getting that the vibe and getting the performances. And so that's part of the reason why I think it was such a light and happy mood. Like, for one, those guys are just a joy to be around. But I think we just felt really confident about the material. Like, we just knew we had more than enough good songs for for a record and we knew we weren't like we there weren't a lot of question marks lingering it was it was just like oh and, and, and to a to a point where like more, more more so than ever before i think we had done the legwork like uh, this record i had mapped out uh two guitar tracks intermingling guitar tracks per song which is something i had never done so it was even to the point of like knowing what the overdubs would be. Oh, interesting. Um, very prepared. Yeah, like it was. Yeah. It was very prepared, and uh, I think that kind of speaks to just the who we are as people. Okay, that's kind of we'd prefer that than sort of. We, we've never been much of a jam band, you know. Like roll tape. Let's see how this. It's like that's not really us. No, that's fair, and that doesn't. It's. I don't think that would suit uh, a sound as precise as yours, if that makes sense uh yeah yeah we'll elaborate on songs live but in the studio it's generally very concentrated well i want to ask a little bit about the writing on a couple of levels chris i'm going to go to you we i asked alex about one song so far do you have like an overarching sense of where he might have been coming from lyrically like i as i mentioned i keep i heard the phrase i heard the word love which can be <laughs> kind of we're talking when you talk about cliches to avoid. I think some songwriters, particularly in sort of hardcore post hardcore punk, will avoid love songs, so to speak. But he does invoke love, which I think is a really great sentiment to hear right now. Frankly, anyway, I digress. Do you have a sense, uh, Chris, of where Alex might be coming from in a general sense with the songs on this record? Like lyrically? Yeah, I mean primarily lyrically. We've talked a lot about the sound and uh, how things have kind of been separated. I asked him about one song, No Ceiling, about you know being a new dad. 
and and actually articulating what that might feel like. I just wonder if you have a sense. I'm going to go to Alex too. Let's pretend well, he let's pretend this, he can't hear us and he's not in the room. But I, well, <laughs> you know no, no, that no, no, we no. we spend a lot of time together, right? You know, like the the last like ten years of our lives, we've been around each other more than most humans spend time with anybody. You know, you you might have like your best buddy, and you're never around him that much. So, uh, I would say lyrically. In hindsight, like reading back the lyrics, yeah, I think I, I think I, I know where he was coming from, and I might know, I might know where his head was at, uh, at the time. He may or may not dis- may not may agree with me, but uh, I'll say that, like you know, for each of the records that we've made, I think his lyric writing has grown and and gotten stronger and stronger. And this one was the one where it actually felt. This one in particular just felt like it was. I think the lyrics on this record are very, very strong. Yeah. Like I think with every record, they've gotten a bit better and this one actually uh, hits pretty hard. It's very, it's easier to, to pull what might've been intended from the song. Okay. And it's uh, well put together. Did you want to expand upon his mindset that you were just alluding to? Like, or do you want to leave that alone? No, no, I'm not. I'm not a psychiatrist. Okay. And I'm not going to pretend to be a psychiatrist. But that's all, that's that all I, I do. All I do is pretend to be a psychiatrist every week. I have the show <laughs> and I pretend to be really smart. And I'm not at all. I just, I'm nosy. There's a fine line between trying to help people and just being nosy. And I think I'm nosy, frankly. No, okay, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll go to Alex in a second. Hayden, if I may, yeah. similar line of questioning. You're the drummer. You get those vocals coming through those monitors. You know what's going on, maybe more than most. What do you think is going on on this record uh, thematically, lyrically, if if I may? If you were to speculate. Well, I think similar to what Chris is saying, I mean, there's, I can I can say with uh, with certainty that the just the crafting of of lyrics and stuff has improved every record, and I, I think on this one especially. Again, it comes back to that that theme of confidence, and I don't. I think it's important an important distinction to make that confidence is not cockiness. At, at, you know, with uh, referring to Alex as, as in lyrics, but also just the band as a whole. I think that com- that confidence is more about just living with risks and making. You know, it it's much more comfortable to take a chance uh, and have it fail than to just you know sink back into this template or, or formulaic. Uh, process that you've you've sort of invented for yourself. So I think it was a a clear sort of vote of of or progression of confidence lyrically, where if you want to say love, you wouldn't try to find another word to replace it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like that's what you want to say. So just say it. It's strong enough now. The sentiment is 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 strong enough, and it can stand on its own two feet. That we he didn't need to to disguise words with with other things or you know and again that goes hand in hand with the the fidelity of the the recording of the uh of vocals they're not hidden so much we we push them in the mix a little bit more arguably past his comfort level in in some ways (laughs) but um but i i can't over speculate but obviously we all know each other very well and i think there's a like the like the best of us there are good days and bad and I think with additions to life that can be this joyous uh, addition, it's, I imagine that can put things in perspective yeah. of, you know, how does this, this, how does this weigh the same way it did before? You know, uh, obviously I don't have kids, so I can't speculate with any degree of firsthand experience, but 
dude was stoked. That's all I can say. Yeah, he seems stoked. He seems stoked. Alex, I'm going to go to you in a second. But uh, Hayden, as you were gesticulating, as you were speaking there, I noticed that do you now have tattoos on the palms of your hands? Oh, I've had those for a while. You have tattoos in a lot of places, but the palms of your hand, I don't... Okay, here's the thing. I don't have a single tattoo, not even one. And I think if I had tattoos on the palms of my hands and like my bike chain fell off and I had to put it back on and I got all that grease on my hand, I'd be very confused. That's what it looks like to me. What's on the palm of your hand right now? Both both palms have tattoos on them? Yeah, this one's a chicken. A chicken? This, one, this one's a flower. A chicken and a flower? Shouldn't they be like related? Like what is the chicken and a flower? Do they have something to do with one another? Are they friends? Do they like each oh, other? Oh, boy. Vish is going in, what do your tattoos mean? Great interview, Vish. Yeah, no, it is. It is a good interview. I'm very fond of it. Anyway, Hayden, back to you. Can we mute? I, I'm going to mute Chris. I was, told that, <laughs> I was told they would, I mean, knowing my physical activities, I was told they would rub off quite quickly. But Oh, you you were told that? Oh, because of the drudge. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's how tattoos work at all. They're very permanent. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to... To Chris's point, dumb interview line of questioning. <laughs> I just was distracted by it because I, I just, I just was distracted. I'm sorry, Alex. Let's go back to you and let's continue our serious conversation about your lyrics. Uh, can you speak to uh, the comments of your band members, so to speak? Uh, <laughs> what do you want to say in an overarching sense about the lyrics on this record? Well, like any one of our records it's sort of just an internal back and forth i'm kind of just working things out and i happen to be in a band so i work them out in public kind of so it's uh i think whereas strange peace was about very much about where i was at that moment this one has a lot of looking back a lot of nostalgia it's pulling from experiences and relationships from the past as well as as things i'm going through now so yeah i think it just trying to be as honest as possible and and it's kind of i never go into a song with an idea or kind of purpose to to communicate a specific thing it's you'd be surprised at the things that kind of come out when you're listening to this music and uh you know, putting pen to paper. So it's sometimes I'm even surprised at the things that uh, pop into my head. And I kind of more and more and trying to just go with that and not question where it's coming from or, or uh, why just let it happen. And that's not always been easy. I've often struggled with that aspect of it. Uh, you know, lyric writing is not something that comes natural, but it is something I take a lot of pride in and I, and I, I work at it. So yeah, it's, it's really just a, uh, you know, working out the modern condition. I think, you know, there's a lot of stress and anxiety in this world. I think everyone can relate to that, especially now. And that comes out in these songs. And like all of you have mentioned, there's moments of, joy as well in this life and so that comes out in the songs too you said nostalgia which uh reminded me that the release the mets release i think i'm going off the top of my head the mets release that preceded this album was a kind of compilation of old songs called automat right is that the last thing that's the last thing that came out so you're 
is there any we didn't talk about that i guess uh i i at the time i mean um what com- mm-hmm. what compelled the you to do that to put out a kind of reflect a, a, you know to reflect upon the work you'd done that was kind of loose you know there I, to, to, just to be clear automat is what b-sides singles uh rare stuff yeah yeah hard like i mean there was two reasons really one of them happened to be just the fact that those early seven inches and songs were getting really jacked up on discogs and ebay or whatever and they were oh right the prices of them because of they because they were quite rare we only at that time i think we only toured canada and so they're kind of like they're pretty hard to find for people overseas and stuff so anyway they they were becoming like impossible to get if you wanted to own them because the prices were getting inflated so we said it would be nice if we could offer that if people want them it would be nice if we can offer that in a in a you know proper package for a better price and then of course there was the the part of it where we were you know looking back proud of what we where we started and where we had where we are now and it was sort of like it was actually pretty fun to compile that and to look back and like there's moments where you go oh man that's awesome and then there's moments where you go what on earth were we thinking like there's stuff like that and it's kind of fun to go down that path and not you know not get lost in nostalgia but you know once in a while i think it's good to remember you know where you came from musically and also where you you know where we are currently yeah you're kind of it sounds like you're vaguely negotiating uh your identity a little bit or at least uh not negotiating it maybe just pondering it where you were where you are now that's nice to hear it's also i'm happy to hear these uh seven inches are so valuable because i have all of them and now <laughs> I might sell them because uh, you're sitting on a gold mine I, I, on a gold mine. You guys know this, but like I fell in love with this band because of those first. Uh, I guess it must have been the those was it three seven inches that kind of came out with similar, not similar artwork, but I just remember the first three being really kind of weird. You guys were weird. You were weirder. Yeah. The, well, that's what's fascinating is we really we really streamlined things. On that first LP, we we started off with a much more psychedelic kind of approach. Yeah, yeah. Chris is showing them. I have them all. Yes, those are the ones. Did you just reach into my record collection and grab them from the (laughs) screen? Yes, I have those ones. Those are great. They're really wonderful. And I remember saying to you guys, hey, like these songs, a couple of them remind me of like Hoover or Regulator Watts or something like that. And I don't remember if those bands resonated with you uh, necessarily, but... That's kind oh, of yeah. where I fell in love. Oh, yeah. Fell in love with uh, with Mets uh, after having seen Hayden's you. always had a, a love affair with with Hoover. My first show ever. Watts. You got to, oh, was you, that? That was your first show ever. You got to see first show I ever been to. Like even before like a big large scale concert or anything. The first show ever was my older brothers took me to Five Arlington and saw Hoover. Oh my goodness, that's that's amazing. I will tell you, uh, we're on the record here. But I'm working on a Hoover conversation for this really? show. Nice. Yeah, Alex Dunham is apparently, uh, he has messaged me to say he's a big fan of this show, which I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and he was astonished to be like, what? Like, I'm like, Hoover means the world to me. Like, you're my favorite, I would say, my second favorite Discord band, if I may. Uh, maybe Ooh. second or third. So I was just very excited. It's, it's hard to decide. 
it, it's very, it's hard to decide, but they're up there, and uh, yeah. So Hoover, uh, I, I, you know, I, I hear it still in the band. I hear it in 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 Hayden's playing for sure, and yeah, no, it's cool. I just this is nice. I'm happy for you guys uh, for uh, your progression because it's fascinating. I think you've hit a sweet spot of those kinds of bands, and um, I guess more in the vein of you know verse chorus verse. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. ex- accessibility, so to speak. Uh, earlier, Hayden, you mentioned that the lyrics uh, department is not yours. Uh, as I recall, the art department in Mets uh, might be still in your domain. Did you make the cover art and design the stuff for the new record? No, no, not by a long shot. The, with the exception of probably those three seven inches that you held up, everything is very communal in the art the art oh, okay. world of uh, of band stuff. It's an important factor in every release, obviously, and we all have a, a vision of how it, what's a, a good companion to what we do musically. And my stuff isn't, I mean, I'm happy to do t-shirts and stuff like that from time to time, but I think the, the posters and especially album covers and stuff, those are a band conversation. So I certainly don't, I'll facilitate what I can to get the message across to, to someone who can okay. do it more precisely, but no, no, that's very much a band thing. So uh, the reason I broach it, thank you for clarifying that. I'm sorry. I just have a little stream of the or the download of the record right now, so I don't have all the credits in front of me. So I'm an idiot. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I can't know everything, God damn it. No, uh, my, no apologies. My thing here is, what do you got there? Chris is showing something. What is credits. that? Oh, those are the credits. Oh. Those are the credits. Okay. I Well, thanks. Oh, do you already have a copy of the... Oh, you already have it. I don't have it. Yeah. It. You already yeah. have it on vinyl. We got a few copies sent to my house. Yeah. Can I see the credits? Actually... Can I see the credits one more time? Yeah. Chris is pissed at you again for not doing your research. <laughs> Chris is always a little bit mad at me, and I don't get it. Anyway, my, <laughs> my question is uh, for whoever wants to field it, uh, I had the uh, album playing on the television. Uh, so the album artwork was up. And twice my daughter said, Can you take that down? I think the cover is scary. And I went, okay. <laughs> and then I looked at it, and I'm like, you guys do have a thing where you have, like, often it seems to be a child uh, <laughs> whose face you can't see or they're distorted. I was thinking of the, I guess I'm thinking of the first album cover with the head down. This one's similar. Yeah. You've got the hands climbing. What is going on? In, on the- never, never, ch- never children. It's never been children. Never? Oh, okay. Sorry. Never. Sorry. Sorry. I thought but- it was young people. Is it young? Is it a younger person? Mm. The first record, I think that's a uh, high school or college person. But uh, Really? I was I thinking in this. my head it's like a child with their head on their desk like I used to have all throughout grade four. Yeah, well, I don't think you're – you're not wrong. It's just not a – I would say that's more of a – I didn't have sideburns a, like that. A anyway. young adult. <laughs> Is there sideburns? Hang on. Let me get that. Hang on. <laughs> if we're doing album show and tell, I'm grabbing it right now. Oh yeah, doesn't okay. have the first one. I got it. I have it. I have two copies of the first one. I have a sub pop one and some other one. I think I have like a deluxe edition. Yeah, I don't know too many children with sideburns, but oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Oh, it's Mike Halichuk. Okay, never mind. I, I is it Mike? <laughs> is it Mike from Fucked Up? That I always think of yes. the sideburns. Yeah, you're the first one to guess that that is indeed Mike. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. Anyway, my point uh, is uh, people hiding their faces, hands. Okay, how about this? Show me Atlas Vending again, Chris. Mr. Album Art. So you got these hands with no face. And then what do we got on Atlas Vending? Kind of something similar, don't we? Can we at least agree yes. on that? Okay. 
So, so oh, absolutely. There's, there's hands and a face on Atlas Vending. Yeah, you're right. Similar to the first record. There's no, but no. So the, here's the story. Okay, I want to hear the story. Chris, I, we're going to have a fight. We're going to have a fight on this thing. I can tell, Chris. I can tell it's going to be a fight. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. Explain. So. Explain what's going on. There's certainly, I think, a recurring theme within our art of the sort of anonymous person. Even on the back covers and ins- inserts, we play with that imagery of like, and the idea, I think, is that I could represent, hopefully, anyone. Cover of two is two nondescript people sitting. Um, the And also, those are all photos that my dad took when he was oh. a young man. And so we've we've kind of pilfered his photo collection over the years. And Atlas Fending is no different. So that's one from his collection. And I personally think of that as someone overcoming adversity as opposed to scary or something, but I can see that it's quite gritty, but I do, I do think of that album cover as like a positive image. Okay. I'll, I'll take, I'm reading between the lines and I will take your message to my daughter and tell her to toughen up. Just please do. I'll just say toughen up buttercup. It's not, it's not scary. (laughs) It's hopeful. Have some hope. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a monster crawling <laughs> over a wall. It's a, it's a person getting to the next stage. Uh I think Hayden, maybe Chris invoked uh, bubbles. Is there a Mets bubble by the way? Do you are you guys able to I guess not probably hang out and see each other? I don't even know what's going on in Ontario. I feel like you guys are maybe just We have fun- been rehearsing. You have been? Do you have to We uh, Hayden's behind a huge plastic wrap thing though. You got to see it. Well, I can't to believe it. Uh, can, yeah. can you, you got to see it to believe it. Can you send me a photo? Yeah, we, we, we take precautions and wear masks, masks and distance and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Okay, so you are practicing. The other side of this question is, for what? Uh, like, are you able to... You're not going to... For being a band, Vish. For being a band. That's what we do. We're a band. And you don't always just do it just to play a show. Sometimes you do it just to be a band. So... Fair enough, Chris, and the fight continues. I can tell it's going to be it's going to get ugly soon. It's getting I ugly. I think we do this every single time. Well, yeah, I eventually so. get to a point where we actually just start to like being totally antagonistic to each other. So I'm just going to try and be sweet to you from now on. I question the usage of the word "we" uh, in this uh, dynamic. Such- I feel like it's mostly you. But my point here is right. You pra- you you practice to to be a band. That's fair enough. And I miss band practices because those were fun. But myself. But my point is, uh, what do you do as a ferocious live band in this climate? Uh, what is your mindset going forward to to promote this record, Chris? You uh you know about marketing. What's the plan for Mets at the at the moment? I mean, I think the the plan is to look at the ideas of doing some sort of live version of this to get us through until we are actually able to do a live version of this. You know, I don't think there's going to be any real touring until a vaccine is introduced and uh, proven. Yeah. So in the meantime, we want to, we want to continue to be a band and we want to continue to be able to play live. So we're going to work on a way to do this thing live. Are That's you, you mentioned, so you're getting together to, to, to practice. Alex, have you been, uh, because you, I ask you, Alex, because you tend to write uh, all, all of the lyrics? Do you take your lyrics? Do you, yeah. Do you, okay. Do you workshop things with these guys? Do you say, hey, I can't find a sure. r- word that rhymes with uh, Snuffleupagus. The, Hayden, you got something? And then he says, well. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I mean, it's happened. It's like it's it's usually not the case, but I, I usually kind of keep them to the very last minute, and and these guys are are kind of hearing them when I'm recording them. But uh, no, everything is workshopped. Okay. So my my actual question there, I went on a tangent as I tend to do. My actual question is: Are you writing in this period? Are you have you felt compelled to write uh, sort of about what's happening now, or in a zone that reflects what's happening now? Well, not exactly. I I I've, I have not. Usually, after an album is complete and mastered and gone, I usually do jump back into things pretty quickly. And just the the complications of this scenario and adjusting, it hasn't been that way this time. And we are very, you know, we are very focused on promoting this record and making sure as many people hear it as possible because, you know, we're really proud of it. And so, you know, and and with a band of our stature, it, you know, a lot of it, there's a lot of work to be done behind the scenes. You know, we're like, you know, we're de- designing posters and T-shirts and we're we're doing obviously lots of press and stuff like this. So it's been busy, busy times, but it hasn't been exactly a writing period um okay yeah fair enough i i've been asking this and by and large the responses are similar to what you've said it's not an inspiring time to write not to mention i i would say that although this album was made you know months prior to the pandemic i think it has this sort of uncanny connection like the mood of this album i think fits the tension and the anxiety of this of this period like so well that it's i don't know i think it could very much be considered an unintentional pandemic album you know like i would ho- i hope that it can can offer some sort of like release for people in in that way cuz I, I although not intentional it just seems to really uh summarize a lot of the overarching vibes at least that i'm getting yeah, I mean, there's a song on this record called The Mirror, where you say, you know, mm-hmm. give me something to believe in faces on the screen. This faces on the screen thing stuck out to me, obviously, because that's how we're interacting right now. But there is this sense of like information, like what's coming at us, like all of this information, like is so bizarre and ever changing. And uh, I know I don't want to dig too deep into uh, Internet noise, as we did maybe the last time when we talked about Strange Peace. But like that's here again. And that's what we're all dealing with now. These this mm-hmm. virtual noise, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and there's many, there's myriad examples of such things. You're right. Um, sometimes I feel like pulse we, is a big one. Yeah, pulse as well. Yes, the dial yeah. tone and the oh my god, yeah, it's like a apocalyptic almost or something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like that fear of leaving your house. It's you know, I think it was written actually around the time of the. Uh, his name's eluding me, but the serial killer was found in, was you know, what's MacArthur? Bruce MacArthur. In Toronto, and oh. it was written around that time. Right. And it was about just just total fear uh, of of the unknown and what's out, outside of your door. And so I think yeah. that's like everyone can relate to that in this moment. Well, the record's fantastic. It's called Atlas Vending. Uh, it's out via Sub Pop and Royal Mountain Records, right? Yes. yes, sir. Okay, so if people want to learn more about Mets and this album, Chris, where would you want to send them in terms of keeping just, tabs with you guys? 
Just call me up. My no, my phone number will be in the show notes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll just uh, use the old telephone. Uh, all right, that's fair. Uh, Hayden, if we could go out on a song from this record, would you pick one? And if Alex, if you want to elaborate upon any of the themes in it, that would be fine by me. But I, I go to Hayden here. Hayden, uh, do you mind picking a song from this record uh, for us to go out on? A personal favorite is Framed by the Comet's Tale. Just it was a departure musically and playing wise. It's actually really enjoyable. It I think it has dynamic and levels that we've been talking about for years. And I think this song truly achieves some of that, you know, up and down sway of really minimalist approach to stuff and then full on uh exploitation of every everything we have in the in the toolbox. So that would be a that would be a choice of mine. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, Alex, do you want to say anything more about it, or 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 Chris? I just I'll go to Alex just uh, in terms of uh, you know song meaning type stuff. Do you want to say anything more about it? Uh, no. Just nothing. You don't want to say anything about it. I'll say I uh, I love that this is a bit of like I'd say it's a little tip of the hat to Polvo off the top, and then a little bit of a. Echo and the Bunny Man kind of touch at the end, I think. That, but, you know, everyone hears different things, so who knows? But that's kind of where my head's at with that one. I really love that song. It invokes Probably. love, It invokes love, but it almost seems to be not about love. Is that fair? Yeah, I know it's about a broken home. Ah, okay. And it's, it's about... It, most of the songs I, I, I feel are close to me, and then some are from the from like a different perspective where i'm looking somewhere else and so this is not a song about my situation but someone close to me so okay uh yeah i got you to talk about it see what i did there i'm amazing yeah. I, I i yeah chris do you want to say anything you have a gift thank you i appreciate that chris do you want to say anything more about that song i didn't want to mean to leave you out of that do you want to say add anything no i just want to say i really love you vish and I don't want to fight with you like this anymore. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> I love you more than you can know. And I, I don't want to fight either. And frankly, I don't even think we do fight. I thought it was just a joke. But at the same time, I don't like you. And uh, I'm glad that the <laughs> conversation is done. That's what I would like to say about it. Uh, here's some uh, music by Mets from their excellent new album, uh, Atlas Vending. This is framed by the Comet's Tale. Mets, thank you so much for being on the show. And best of luck with everything going forward. Thanks. Thank buddy. you, Beach.
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, very nice to have uh, Chris and, and Alex and Hayden from Mets back on Creative Control, this time for the 570th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and available on all Apple and Google platforms and Spotify and other stuff as well. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and you're looking for it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my semi-regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook, I suppose. Or follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative or follow me directly at Vish Khanna. Please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. And again, $6 or more a month and you get uh, access to some exclusive content uh, that I find from my archives and I share. I, I bring it back to life. I find it and I bring it back. And that's what I try to do for people uh, who donate $6 or more. So if you're interested in any of these things that I'm saying, about supporting this show, please go to patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to live at masseyhall.com where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by great Canadian artists. Also, for their in-kind support of the show, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planted Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, they all mean the world to me, and I hope they're doing well. We are apart now. I'm in Alberta there in Ontario, so I I can't partake of their lovely wares, but I hope they're doing well. Speaking of lovely wares, Jim Guthrie has some lovely wares. Oh, man. And he supports the show with some music that he makes. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode with Mets. Uh, You can check out the other times Mets have been on the show or time. Maybe they've only been on the show once. That can't be true. No. No, that can't be true. I think they've been on three times, at least. I'll have to... Do you want me to check it now? I'll just check it right now. I'll go to my website, and then I'll go to... Oh, yeah, look at that. I'm already on the episode page. I'm going to hit Control-F, Mets. Episode 351. Episode 184. And that is it. So this is the third time Mets was... Was all of Mets on the... Okay, Mets was all on on episode 351. We were cramped in, like, a Toronto studio. What was episode 184? Uh, May 5th, 2015. All but Yeah, no, all of them. Yeah, so I think I've only ever had all of Mets. That's weird. I thought, I know I used to interview Alex on his own back in the early days before the podcast. So anyway, well, that was a fact-finding mission for me that I just discovered. Third time's the charm for Mets. All three members 
the number three. Anyway, thank you. Maybe you'll never listen to the show again now that you know that I'm all about this kind of stuff. But thank you. I hope you follow the show, listen to the old episodes with Mets and all the other old episodes, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Three times. Unbelievable. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.